0: Hello, I'm Laura Furiosi, divorce mother of three, and I'm here with my mother, Lynette Galvin, with 35 years' experience in family law. You're listening to the Divorce Course Podcast. Through our candid discussions, we hope to help you through your divorce or de facto separation. We will be answering the most commonly asked questions and covering the stages and steps that you will face on your way to freedom. Hello, Mia, and hello, Hello. (laughs) Hello. Thank you so much for coming today, both of you. And Mia, we're so excited to have you on today because you are the Grey Rock Method guru from Grey Rock Consulting. So thank you so much for coming. We really appreciate your time. And we have so many listeners and followers on on the social media platforms and listening on the podcast who have partners who are narcissists. So (laughs) firstly, tell us a little bit about yourself and then let's get into the nitty-gritty about what is the Grey Ruck Method and how we can help our listeners dealing with a narcissist through divorce. Great, thank you. And thank you so much for having me, first and foremost. I really appreciate
1: it. Um, The more I can get the message out, the better, I think. Uh, So personally, I have been a lawyer for, oh gosh, over 16 odd years now. Um, dealing in major litigation and resolving disputes. Um, and, you know, both personally and in my career came across many, you know, tricky personalities, very tricky, and they're everywhere. And what I discovered was that there is a way to communicate with them but it can be very difficult to actually apply, particularly when it's personal and particularly when it's an an emotional situation. So as a lawyer, you are trained to deal in strategy. You are trained to keep the emotion out. And a lot of that is recommended when communicating with high conflict or narcissistic personalities. But as I said, when it's personal, that's really, really hard to do. And what I discovered was, there's no one out there helping people apply the techniques. So the information is there, but the application is the hard part. And no one's actually guiding, and I will say women because it is predominantly women that are my clients. Um, I'm not saying that it doesn't happen to men, but predominantly it has been women. So there's no one navigating them through this. And my real passion really is to empower them so that they never need to speak to me again. You know, they become indifferent to the communications that are coming their way. They are able to laugh them off. They are able to see the ones that need to be responded to and the ones that don't. Um, a magical day is when you get a three-page email and you realise the question is in paragraph eight, sentence three, and the rest can be deleted.
0: You know? Okay, well, well, let's get to that, and we're going to have a chat at the end how people can work with you as well. But yeah. let's just start um, with, before we get to the Grey Rock Method, um, what kind of communication maybe our listeners are getting just so they know oh the grey rock method might work for me what kind of what does the communication look like and you've already given an example of eight pages with the answer in one paragraph so what kind of things do you see coming across people's emails and texts
1: so what what my clients have been encountering you'll get a whole range of delightful tactics so you will get False accusations, you will get threats, you will get bullying of some shape or form, Uh, very entitled, very um, rigid. Rigid is a really good word in this situation where it's my way or the highway. And that's it. There is no flexibility, there is no reasoning, there's no logic, and it is about power and control. Every communication. So if you are in a situation where you feel that no matter what you say, no matter what you do, no matter what you try and negotiate, you can't seem to get through or you can't, I don't want to use the word win because it's not about winning, but you can't seem to get any sort of balance, compromise, then this is who we're talking about. And I feel that the people that are experiencing this will hear and go, that's me.
2: That is me spot on yeah
0: mum do you see do you see that a lot in the, in the negotiation yes, world
2: yes and when um, people ask legal advice about the letters you do have to kind of um, direct them to the important bit but in their minds they're still especially if they've been in a pattern of abuse um, in their minds every word has value every threat is real. And um, you know, you don't understand. And one of the things I notice with people with narcissistic exes is that one of the first things they say is, oh, but he's so clever. He's so smart. I'm really worried. Okay. All
0: right. So if you're watching today or listening today, and you have that kind of communication going on, well, then this is the grey rock method, which may be really great for you. So Mia, what, is the Grey Rock Method.
1: So the Grey Rock Method is, and there's one disclaimer on top of it, but the Grey Rock Method is the most suggested way to communicate with narcissistic or high conflict personalities. Now I say narcissistic, it's really important because I cannot diagnose someone with narcissistic personality disorder and I dare suggest that a majority of people listening to this are not in a position to diagnose someone with narcissistic personality disorder. So what we focus on is the behaviours. We don't focus on the diagnosis or the title, it is the behaviours you are experiencing. So grey rock essentially is what it sounds like, be as boring as a grey rock. You know, A grey rock doesn't garner any attention, you walk straight past it. So it is about boundaries, reducing the communication, not responding, boring. The reason it is effective is because they need your reaction to fuel them. That's what they are looking for. Good bad or ugly, they want a reaction. So that is gray rock in a nutshell. The disclaimer I mentioned is if you are in the family court or you are you have any prospect of being in the family court, you do have to tweak it because you can be painted as uncooperative. You Mm -hmm. can be painted as bitter, you know, a whole host of things. Mm -hmm. So we do tweak it when you are in that situation, and I do stress if there's any prospect of being in that situation, this applies to you. It gets tweaked so you are courteous. You know, it's almost like a business-like interaction. Mm -hmm. So you're not cold and aloof or painted as being cold and aloof. You are working with them. But you're maintaining your boundaries. You're not explaining, defending, justifying. You're remaining in a position where you're using non-emotional language, but you're courteous and you are polite.
0: Okay, all right. And Mum, have you seen that in the courts with the with your clients or other clients? If someone has tried to use that grey rock method, where they just don't, mm. you know, engage, and they they do, do, does that get used against them?
2: Uh, it can. I think that in the early stages of separation, people find it difficult to apply Rock um uh, that time of method. They'll often react angrily, but yes, it can get used against you, and um you will be can be painted if there's kids as alienating and not co-parenting. Mm. so I, it's a very delicate balance um and that mm. reactive behavior is also in line with you know with them accusing you. It's a reactive behavior and also if you just try to stonewall them. Yes, it's, it's actually one of the things, as you probably know, Mia, in the um, in the um, the act for two, for working out what's in the best interest of the children. So you do have to be polite, and I always say, don't allow everything that you say in writing um, put in writing is going to end up possibly annexed to an affidavit, um, and the judge is going to read it. Okay. Yes, and
0: I think look the co-parenting aspect of using grey rock. I think we're going to do another whole episode on that, just to how to navigate co-parenting with the narcissist. I think that's a really good episode, so stay tuned if you're in, interested in that. So maybe we'll just focus mostly in this episode with how to deal with the narcissist or that kind of behaviour going through a divorce, maybe without children, which will be helpful as well. Okay, so how do you use it? What, what are some steps? What are some tips? So if somebody's listening today, they're pulling their hair out, they've got these crazy messages all the time, they're being accused of things, they're being gaslit, they're confused. What What are some steps they can put into place today, Mia?
1: Yes, you'll be surprised to hear that a huge part of the success in this communication style is you. And it is getting the support that you need because it's all well and good for me to say you must accept who you are dealing with. It's so important to accept who you are dealing with. It sounds so simple but it's so difficult because you loved or love this person. You've likely had children with them and to say, well, accept that this is who they are and now they see you as competition and you must be, you know, destroyed at all costs, That that doesn't, land easily at all. And and there's a process. So number one, do not do this alone. Now, I always say that this is an investment in you. So it's very easy to go, oh gosh, lawyers and psychologists and forensic accountants and whatever it might be, that support team, it all adds up. Yes, it does. But it is absolutely 1000% an investment in you. Do not do this alone. You do need support. Another big step is stop, take the focus off them. We spend so much time, what will he say? What will he do? What He's saying this to someone. He's done this. A big part in this process is you have all the power. Bring your power back. What do you want? What is your guiding compass in all of this? You, you know, we, we we sort of lose ourselves and it's not a criticism because over many years, no doubt, they have slowly but surely chipped away at you, you know. So you lose yourself, find yourself, come back to you. Um, I think it's so important in this process that uh, I just mentioned before about the guiding compass. What is your guiding compass? It's not your strategy. It's not anything like that which might change in the process. But what is your North Star at the end of the day? Is it the best interest of my children? Is it a fair financial settlement? Is it to get through this divorce as quickly as possible? Whatever it might be, so that when you get these communications that trigger you and upset you, always come back to your guiding compass because it is so easy to be reactive and it is so easy to see these emails and go, you know, the last three times I asked for that, he said no. So I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say yes. But if you always step away, because I can guarantee you a majority of these communications aren't urgent. You do not need to respond then and there. It feels like you do, but find the thing that calms you down. Is it five minutes outside? Is it reading a book? Is it venting to a friend? Whatever it is, do it. Distract yourself come back to it later. And that also helps in reducing the communications, not being immediately responsive. But you'll find once you step away from it and you go, right, my priority in all of this, my guiding compass is the best interest of the children. So is it in their best interest to say yes? It is. That sounds wonderful. Again, it's really tricky to implement. So I always Mm. come back to the support, getting support from people that can help you navigate this. And it's going to put you in good stead no matter where there's children or not involved and you're going through a divorce because your ultimate audience is always a judge. It's not them. It is a judge or a magistrate Mm. or a registrar, whoever it might be.
0: Do you find that and and mum, you can speak here as well if you like, but do you find that if, for example, they've had this big, long, worded, crazy email blaming them for the most ridiculous things, uh, a lot of your clients desperate to respond to correct the record? Mm-hmm. And and is that, um, maybe it's a two question, Mia, is, is that something they should be doing or what can they do instead of desperately correcting the record? And mum, the question for you would be, uh, le- what are the legal implications for not correcting the record? So let's start with you first, Mia. What What do you tell your clients when they just they're like, "Oh my god, this is so outrageous! I definitely always took care of the house and I always cleaned the house. Why is he saying I'm a bad housewife or whatever?" So what do you say to them when they want to correct the record?
1: Yes, and I'm so glad you gave that example because who cares? <laughs> who care? Who cares? And Lynn can correct me if I'm wrong, but. You know, okay, what's he going to do? You know, have an affidavit that says, here's all the times that she did not clean the house. The judge is going to go, oh my goodness, she <laughs> must lose everything in this divorce proceeding, you poor man. No wonder you, you know, no wonder you left her. Who cares? There are certain things they say that who cares? And this is why, again, it's so important to figure out who you are because, sure. There's also times where they say things like that, where you can, if you really desperately want to respond, say, thank you for sharing your views. It doesn't say anything. It doesn't admit to anything. It doesn't say, yes, you're right. My house is dirty every Friday. It doesn't say any of that. Thank you so much for sharing your views. It says nothing, actually. But if you really feel desperate to send something, you can do that. So I always come back to, what are they saying? What are they alleging? And does it matter? Because, yeah, look, there are some times where you do need to correct it, and this is where Lynn's Mm -hmm. going to do a perfect segue
2: here. Yes. Thank you. Yes, so that's right. There are some times you need to correct the record. Um, And, again, like you say, we apply the sections of the Act and the sections relating to kids and property and see if it matters. Um, But you often will get... uh, So in our course, Mia, as you probably know, we have... uh, four categories of divorce. We don't say the person is, but one category is manipulative and controlling, and the other is high conflict, both of which can sort of morph into what you're talking about, perhaps narcissistic. But um, one of the tricks that they'll often do, um, that I find, is to send a legal letter at quarter to five on a Friday or or, and demand a response or send one, at that demanding responses that day. And it's very hard to bring your client down and say, look, their urgent is not our urgent. Don't let them set the agenda because but I often will respond so that my client's not having a terrible weekend worrying about it because um, some of the things that these people allege in those letters when you've got an allegation they're, they're not relevant to the act, but they're pushing the buttons of my client and they know what will hurt her. Um, usually her, the, the thing that will hurt her or a really outrageous lie that like has my client spluttering to respond. But yes, it, it's, you, I think people have to be ready to let those go before we, I let them go really, you know, but I do pile up some math day uh, e- emails and answer them in one go and, invariably the client feels better when she sees her side of the story written down if I send it to her before I send it out it it is Mm. Um, I remember one judge said he said you know this was before computers he said look you might think that in that affidavit or in that letter the fact that you're using your example a terrible housewife um, is going to be there on the record for eons he says we don't look. He said, at the time, he said, they're kept in cornflakes boxes in the basement and nobody cares. <laughs> and, and nobody cares. I mean, we know the stuff that gets out alleged.
0: Nobody cares. So how do we, sorry, uh, like I like I hear both of you and I, I completely get it that it's like this, who cares? But I have, I've heard so many messages from so many yeah. women and some men and yeah. they are just, beside themselves and and I I can see a process that people go through where right at the beginning um when doing our course they're like oh this is terrible I can't believe they're saying this and then but then over time they'll open an email and they'll just laugh and like you said Mia that's that's your aim for your clients how do they get from the oh my goodness to the who cares phase like what what can they what can our listeners do to get themselves to that stage it's a journey it's not a race, it's a journey. and the starting point
1: is you, and not in a critical way and not in a blaming way at all. Um there is a process for you personally to undertake around finding who you are again, knowing who you are, because you've always got to remember the source, and I always say this to clients. When they're poking and prodding and pushing, and I love a unilateral deadline, Lynn, I must say, the unilateral deadline, um, gosh, they're they're so common. It's almost farcical. Um, But, you know, remember the source. When you have someone accusing you of something and that person, by their very nature, lies, manipulates, twists the truth, is trying to control you, well, is it a good source? No, it's not a good source at all. So it is a process, first and foremost, about you and finding yourself. When Lynn was speaking before, you know, in my mind, I was like, Anna, good lawyer. You know, a lawyer who understands the personality type is worth every last dollar you have because when they do understand the personality type, you hit the nail on the head before where they say to the client, I understand that we have just received this interesting very story here and it's all wrong and it's all false. Do not worry. Mm. Do not worry. I will not allow something to go unresponded to that needs to be responded to. You know, that trust in a lawyer who gets it because you also don't want a lawyer who feeds it either, who, yeah, quickly trying to respond and, and trying to make them see the error of their ways and then your bills are going through the roof a lawyer who understands the personality is absolutely critical. Once you start on you, then you start going through, like I mentioned before, how do I want to end this? What is the final destination for me? What are the most important things to me? Then how do I take my power back? You know, a lot of women, phone calls, text messages, WhatsApp, emails, I go, however many other platforms there are out there. Stop them all. And I'll have a lot of clients say, but I said to email me and he'll still keep texting me. Well, don't respond. Do not respond to the text or be a broken record. As you are aware, I will only respond to emails. As you are aware, I will only respond to emails. You know, you do have power in these situations. I understand they are so tricky, but there are ways. So start taking control of your communication. Start taking control of, do I want to see their name pop up in my inbox 16 times a day? No, I don't. Create a new email account or create a rule in your email where their emails all go to a special inbox and you choose the days that you look at that inbox. You know, emergencies, Mm -hmm. phone calls are emergencies only and an emergency is not, oh, you left George's hat home. That's not an emergency. So phone calls are for emergencies only because that is when Mm. they trip you up because you don't have the time to step back, collect yourself, collect your thoughts, don't get on the phone with them. You know, so there is a whole piece in there about how you take control of your communications. And then the final piece is, well, how do I master the tactics that are coming my way? Is there a lot of gaslighting? Is there bullying? Is there false allegations? How do I become a grey rock? How do I become slightly tweaked, Grey Rock, if I'm in the family court? You know, and so there's steps in the journey, and you can get there and you will get there.
0: The key is do you want to get there now? Yes, you do. Get the support. Mm, that's totally, totally true. And I, I think that it is, it's all a little bit about I've seen with some of our members reclaiming their boundaries, reclaiming their their power. And I think there's sort of like an, an illusion. It's like an invisible box that they've put you in. Nobody else can see, but I believe some of our members have realized. Oh, actually, I can step out of this box just because they say I can't, or yes. you know. And I, I do understand, especially in the domestic violence world, there's a lot of women who are told for decades or, you know, years, you're useless, you're worthless, I'm smart, I know everything. So it's kind of like a brainwashing situation where a lot of women do, they need to do the work to go, okay, well, obviously that source that you're talking about, Mia, is not a good source. Go and get someone who is a good source and rebuild that trust in yourself and set those boundaries and and I do know some of our members have said like oh, I told him only to reply via email I'm really a bit nervous about the response but afterwards that kind of just a baby step of setting a boundary can then become a you know eventually you're setting boundaries all over the place and you're living your best life so that is some great advice and 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 some good hope for anyone who's watching today or listening today who's just at the beginning going oh this is the worst um where do you see people making the biggest mistakes when it comes to using this method about to go into mediation or about to finally leave then download the free mediation checklist or the free what to take before you go checklist from our website at www.thedivorcecourse.com.au make sure you don't make the mistakes that other people have made use these checklists and guides that are free to help make your divorce journey so much better go to www.thedivorcecourse.com.au and sign up for your free checklist today Where do you see people making the biggest mistakes when it comes to using this method?
1: Uh, Where I see it is, and look, you know, I will say that your safety is first and foremost. So don't go changing anything without the right advice or don't go changing anything where your physical safety is at risk. Nothing comes at the expense of your your safety, first and foremost. So after that, where I see mistakes is, You always have to remember have it imprinted in your mind. It is about power and control. So when you start to assert some boundaries, when you start to not respond and feed the beast, they don't like it at all. So they don't turn around and go, oh, gosh, she's being as boring as a grey rock. I'm going to leave her be and go find someone else. Oh, wouldn't that be magic if that's how it happened? What they do, and I've given the analogy before, and I don't mean to downplay it or to make light of it, but I, it's kind of spot on that when you see the child at the shopping centre going through the checkout with mum, and that, and you know, they place all the chocolates and lollies right at that perfect level. I want a chocolate. No, you can't have a chocolate today. And what does that child do? They don't go, okay, I understand. And if anyone has a child like that lucky them um you know what they do is they escalate oh I really want it no then they keep going and then all of a sudden they're having a tantrum and they're screaming and everyone's looking at you and you're like oh gosh what do I do (laughs) the easier option is to get that chocolate and buy it for that child and end it there and then very quickly but what you have shown that child is if you get to this point I know you're going to change your mind so I'll remember that for next time It's the same. The harder path is to stay firm and clear in your boundary and your no, because then you've got to deal with a screaming child, everyone looking at you, it takes time to bring them down. It's like that. You know, that they kick and scream and what they do is they raise the bar each time because they're trying to find the point where you will go back to the person that they know, the person that they can control you've got to maintain those boundaries and you've got to stay firm. It's really, really hard. And that's why you probably get sick of me saying, do it with support because it is really tricky and you do get a bit like, oh gosh, oh, I don't know what to do. I'm shaking here. You know, it's really, really hard. So maintain those boundaries. Mm -hmm. Another mistake is seeking the advice of well-meaning friends and family, but who don't understand who you're dealing with. Everyone means well for you. They really do. And you'll have so many people say, well, why can't you just give him that weekend? Or why can't you just do this? Flexibility is a good thing. And then you end up feeling guilty and bad. They don't understand who you're dealing with and the importance of the boundary. What other people think of you as none of your business in this situation. Mm. You know the path you're on and you, you know what you're trying to achieve. So get the people around you who get it and who can give you empowering, helpful advice.
0: Mm. And I think uh, that's that's a very good point. Sometimes their ex has reached out to family yes. and said, oh, she's she's gone a little crazy or she's, she's, you know, can you help her understand she needs to come back to me or can you, or they've completely separated, so no chance of getting back, but then they're reaching out to the family to be like, well, making the family do some of the work for them to, to, to move those boundaries. And I've noticed also in a lot of divorce support groups, there are groups where the co-parenting is amazing, the separation, they didn't go to court, they did it all, you know, amicably, they sorted it all out. And then they say to other people, why Why can't you just sort it out for the best, for the best of the kids? Why can't you? And I, I think a lot of people don't understand that there is a specific type of person that we deal with in our divorce course and that you help, um, that that doesn't matter what they do, it's not going to get resolved. Like it's if they want the fight, they want the feed. So try not to, if you're listening today, try not to compare yourself as well to other divorces or friends who've got divorced that had an easy ride, that didn't have all of this argy-bargy and didn't have to set all these crazy boundaries, and and, and if you've got family out there, hey mum, what, what, have you seen family be involved in the family oh, court and the
2: family ab- law? Mm, absolutely, because a narcissist, I call them home devils and street angels, so they'll be wonderful out in public and in front of your family. They get home and they're horrible. And you, because you're under that control, you don't tell your family and you don't tell your friends what's really going on. So when the marriage breaks down and they, they really do try to get to your family before you tell them, they probably you'll, you'll hear lines like this, don't tell your family yet, and then they rush and tell your family. And then the family who haven't seen any of this behaviour become are almost their allies in it and you can start to doubt yourself and and one of the comments is well you didn't say anything you never said anything this is just new isn't it and and so family who are your support in everything aren't your support they're not the right support usually in a situation like this unless they haven't been what we would call sucked in (laughs) yes so yeah it is hard and and I think um as in why can't some people settle it and why other people can settle it. Um, I think uh, uh, Judge Barry, uh, who's passed now, he said once, remember, you don't. You only end up in court if one parent is unreasonable or one person is unreasonable. Because if you both go and get advice, the Family Law Act isn't that sort of open to interpretation. You should get roughly the same answer from each lawyer. So then it's just that one person's not listening to that so yeah I think that you've got to choose wisely and of course we don't because they choose the those sort of people usually have really lovely uh, wives who give in to them because it's easier you know over little things and then before they know it they're under control.
0: Mia can you give us a like some hope for everyone <laughs> does it get better and what is what does the outcome look like you did a little glimpse before for us what does the outcome look like if someone's following this method and getting the support you know what does what does that day in the life of their divorce journey look like then yeah do you know what it absolutely does get
1: better and it really can get better you've got to want for it though And that is all with you. You know, that choice is with you. But a day in the life, once you've implemented it, your number of, so let's say we've chosen email as our form of communication. The number of emails have significantly reduced. The content, you know, sometimes you'll find that they start mirroring your language. That's a very funny day and, you know, they duck and dive and they start to, well, I'll I'll just speak like she speaks, and you just have a great old chuckle to yourself. You know, these are wins. They really are. Um, But the content will also either reduce and or soften. Maybe the allegations will come a bit, you know, less often. Um, You won't be impacted. So, you know, we've now got emails that come in and you spend a day or two in a complete you know, emotional turmoil, you know, he said all these things and and all these people think this and the judge is going to say this and, and, and you can't focus on anything else because you're so upset. And um, that all goes away. You know, you've now, I say, you're free. And you are free to move forward in your life. Because when you are dealing with this situation, the number of communications, the allegations and so on. If you move forward with a new partner, another thing that they can't stand, um, you know, you can't spend every day of that relationship. Did you hear what he said? And then he said that I'm a bad mum. And did you see that I'm not a bad mum? Oh, that is no relationship and that is no life. Your friendships as well, you know, just (laughs) to talk about something other than what they are doing and what they are saying. And it is not a criticism by any means because I get it I get it but to get out of that to get out of that mud and to have your life back where you just like oh yes whatever another day whatever it's
0: so freeing
1: and you get to have your life back and who doesn't want that
0: mm. yeah that is so true that is so true Mum, have you seen that when your clients come out the other end of oh finally standing up to people absolutely
2: absolutely and not wearing it yeah yeah and then I guess the 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 worry is that they will become uh then they become so confident and so strong that sometimes I have to bring them back a little bit and say well actually no he does have some rights or some of that is correct (laughs) um (laughs) so much easier as clients but you know I've been there um, and, and it, it is the case that even if you're not saying it to people, it's always in the back of your mind. What's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? What's he thinking? And in a way, they're still controlling you because they are taking up. Living rent free in your head. (laughs) So I love less energy you give it. That's right. And I think Mm. if you've got kids, I think you're a better parent because you're not reacting. You're moving forward. Um, But it is a journey and it's a process. And I love it when people come out the other end. It's such a joy. Um, And I think too, we become very protective of our independence after that. And if you get the counselling, you won't make the same mistake of your kind loving selves falling in love with some awful person. <laughs> so
0: Mia, you've taken us through some really great tips uh, already, but I'm just going to ask just at, to summarize at the end. What are your top tips for anyone listening today? Um what what can you tell them and and summarize if you like. What are your top tips for dealing with a narcissist during divorce? Yes, top tips. You have to
1: think in a way that doesn't come naturally to you in an emotional or personal situation. And by that, I mean, you need to be strategic. You really do. You need to take that emotional hat off and you have to be strategic with these personality types, which is such a shame, but that's how it is. So, you know, take the emotion out. I can't stress enough, take your time take your time. I beg of you to take your time. The reaction is what they are looking for. They are saying something to you on purpose to get the reaction. Walk away from it. Like I said before, choose the time that you look at your emails. There's a lot of power in that, by the way, because it is your choice when you look at those emails. Um, But step away, take your time. Most things truly don't need a response. They really don't, not urgently anyway, and they can wait 24, 48 hours. They really can. Take your time. Take your time. Get the right support to get you through this. It won't be forever, and I understand it seems overwhelming, and it can add up, but it truly is an investment in you. So get the support that you need from the right people to guide you through this. So, so important.
0: Come and see me is another top tip. (laughs) Come and see me. How can our listeners uh, if they're interested in finding more about how to work with you so where can they find you and and what kind of things do you do Yes so
1: on Instagram Grey Rock Consulting one word um, or online www.greyrockconsulting.com.au. so I offer a few different options I offer the one-on-one sessions and we come up with a strategy and we work through you know everything we've been discussing and then your real-life examples and real-life situations as we're going through it. Um, I have also started an eight-week online program called Take Your Power Back. So master your communications with your narcissistic or high-conflict ex. And that will take you through step-by-step the process, and it involves all of it because I cannot expect people, when I say react or respond unemotionally, to go, okay, no problems. It doesn't work like that. It'd be great if it did. So it is that step-by-step process online so it's easy for people to join. It's easy for people to find like-minded people, a community. This I understand that people need to vent, but it's not that because I think that negative energy feeds and then you mm. get up in this awful place. This is mm. an empowering community where people support you and understand what you're going through to get through it Um, obviously with my guidance as well, and we go step by step through all the problems. So you get to a place where you are an excellent Great Rock or an excellent tweaked family court version of the Grey Rock, so you're free. Who doesn't want that?
0: Brilliant. That sounds amazing. And I think um, in the future, maybe we should probably do something together where we have a bit of your module in our module so that people are doing the divorce process. They can also put that in Mm. with the communication. I think that's fantastic. Um, Mum, did you have any top tips you wanted
2: to share with the listeners before we go? I think just one thing that um, people might not know. It's a it is expensive to have a lawyer, and it's more expensive having a lawyer if your ex is is found has found a willing accomplice solicitor who's going to bombard your lawyer with correspondence and your bill goes up, or if they're self acting and they they keep writing to your lawyer and your fees go up. So you need to have. A-
0: just, um, we have an episode on that called Being Bombarded yes. with Letters, so I'll put that in the show notes if you want to listen to that episode. But, yes, thanks, keep going. Thanks, right. Laura.
2: So in that one I I I've talked about how you can t- work with your lawyer, be up front with your lawyer, and, and talk about what how you could have perhaps your lawyer step out for a while and you handle the crazy and only bring them back on board for the important things, and a lot of lawyers are doing that. And, you know, I've been doing family law for over 35 years now, we didn't have a word for the people. We didn't know what a narcissist was and we didn't have words for that. Now I'm hopeful that with these things being like we're shining a light on it and more and more people are going to be aware of it and that would include the judges, uh, barristers, solicitors, as well as people who recognise it in their relationships much earlier. I think the narcissist days are numbered. (laughs)
1: Yay! <laughs> I wholeheartedly agree
2: yeah. and I think what you said is spot
1: on that this spotlight is now on this.
2: Yes. And I'm
1: starting to see lawyers, judges as well, start to pick up because I think part of the frustration here is it's so covert. Yes, it's not no. overt. You don't, and I wouldn't wish this on anyone, you don't have a big fat bruise on your face that says, I'm dealing with a high-conflict personality. So they're starting to pick up on the terminology, the behaviours, and I think this is fantastic and I feel so deeply for anyone in it because it doesn't end it, unfortunately, but I love this. Their days are numbered. Power to that statement over and over <laughs> again.
0: <laughs> wonderful well we loved having you on yes, thank and you so we much. would love to have you back to do a co-parenting with a narcissist episode i think that would be really helpful for a lot of our listeners as well yes um, and if anybody wants to find anything more about mia and what she does with grey rock consulting i will put the links in the show notes as well so you can check it out there um and of course thank you mum as well for coming and okay. it was a pleasure thank you, thank everybody. you so much thank you
2: me. bye everyone
0: if you found this podcast helpful, we'd love it if you could rate, review and subscribe. By doing so, you are spreading the word to help someone else just like you. Lynn would like to remind you that this podcast is general advice only and you should always get legal advice in relation to your particular situation. And remember that the Australian laws may have changed since recording.